Is there anything worse than a dull blade? Yeah, three dull blades on my lawnmower. Which again, I forgot to sharpen before the Missouri grass came on. You big dummy. Seriously though, a dull blade is bad. It's unusable. In fact, it's downright dangerous. Knives need sharpening. From Whetstone Boys Ranch in Mountain View, Missouri comes A Time to Sharpen, a bi-weekly podcast that examines how we can all be better versions of ourselves. Better teachers, better counselors, better parents, better people. Summer is coming. Your family is going to be living in very close quarters for the next three months, and there is nowhere to hide. If you homeschool, you might be thinking, get on my level. But for most families, the next few weeks can be a very stressful transition. Everyone is excited about vacation and free time, but these things are a double-edged sword. At some point, the lack of structure usually starts to get on everyone's nerves, and the tension begins to climb along with the temperature. On this episode of A Time to Sharpen, we'll talk with Thomas Brown, the house supervisor at Whetstone Boys Ranch, about ways to manage all this extra time including the inevitable complaints about being bored. We'll suggest a few hard, fast flexibles to help you navigate the often contradictory needs of individual choice and clearly defined boundaries. Welcome back to A Time to Sharpen. This is Axel Limata. I think my voice just cracked. We better start over. No, I don't. We've already gone through about 50 different things. Listen, I already got noises. I already got 10 seconds into I'm not going to waste those 10 seconds okay. and just throw this thing away. I mean, I feel like we can turn it around. I feel at like this point. the fact that we have a blanket under our chair to reduce noise that like we're we're really doing something here. Yeah. So I think uh, I think we just go with it. Yeah. Okay. And anyways. Anyways, like I said, I'm Axel Limita. <laughs> I'm here with Brandon Maxwell. Yes. Uh, who you've already heard. Yes. But, and, and then we have a guest with us, Thomas Brown. I'm the quiet one. Mr. Brown. You've heard us allude to him the last The famous, the infamous, episodes. the more than famous, Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. Hello, Thomas. Hey, hi. <laughs> Thomas is our uh, house supervisor. supervisor. Yes. Um, that's one of his titles. As with everyone that works around here, we have many, many hats that we, that we wear. Thomas is a man of many cats. Yes, we as we, we referred we gave to him, him that title last, last episode. Yeah. He also uh, helps us with the podcast to edit it and put in some cool sound effects and uh, work with you know our plosives and right. our consonants if they get too out of control. And so he's he's a wizard when it comes to that kind of thing. He puts together graduation videos for us uh, uh, with his unique sense of humor. Yeah, movie and. Music He's a filmmaker. He, uh, yeah. he gives a good mix, actually, too, because you know, Whetstone Ranch, outdoors, cowboys, horses, cowboys, cowboy uh, hats. adventure yeah. program. Yeah, Tom provides a nice balance of indoorsy to our outdoorsy atmosphere. <laughs> exactly. It so. takes it takes a village to raise a child, and and yeah. Thomas is one of those Stays members that, the village. yeah brings yeah. brings up something very unique to the table yeah. and we wanted to have him on today because we're talking about what it's like to live in close quarters that was the title that kind of popped into my mind uh, when we were preparing for this because at the ranch here we have very very close quarters 
close living quarters with up to 12 boys. Of course, we're working on that in the future with the 30 by 30 and the, the new house that we are about to break ground on. Well, actually, we did break ground with the shovels. Yeah. We haven't like broken ground with like major Big equipment, but it's coming. Yeah, we put some symbolic uh, shovels in the ground, and so this thing's going to happen, and we're going to hopefully create some some better space, some living space for all these boys, these rambunctious boys. But currently, it can be a challenge, Thomas, to to herd uh, to keep the herd kind of moving in the same direction in the evening. So we wanted to get some of your expertise uh, your insights and some of your wisdom i like expertise better because you have decades of experience of, of working with boys in, in environments like this mm -hmm. and we wanted you to share that and also to give parents some advice about some techniques some attitudes some frames of mind that they can use as kids come home for the summer as school wraps up and we are going to have to be living in these close quarters not just to the ranch but just as a nation right in the summertime it can be a, st a stressful transit transition yeah Tom maybe just start with how does Whetstone carry out their evening programming as you set that up your shift basically is from 4 to 10 in the evening Hopefully. and maybe just talk a little bit about how you and the other staff kind of divide and conquer figure out hey on a weekly basis how do we handle our evening programming we base the evening program on what is currently the tone of the house. Like for instance, we might have this, I usually put the evening program schedule up a couple hours before the guys come up. Cause once they come up from school, it's like, all right, there's nothing else I can do but focus and start the process of moving through the day. It is never a dull moment. There's something going on. Um, so if the house has got has a good atmosphere and then we'll keep the program, the scheduling the way it was, and we might have all the guys together. But divide and conquer, is, is something that I wish I would have done in my earlier part of my career because it would have been it makes perfect sense now to to divide up in groups as long as you have the staff to do it and and each each group has its own thing they're going to do like one group may go out and do the outdoorsy type stuff like play disc golf or uh, ultimate frisbee or whatever um, and the other group might go and play Monopoly or Scrabble you know passive stuff but it's still it's still something they want to do and you mix it together and you've got I think more control of the house um, but there are times that they're going to be together. They're going to be together in meals. Uh, they're going to be together in a, like a house meeting before they go to, go to bed. We still don't want them to be totally separate all the time. So it's, again, it's based on what the tone of the house is. How are kids feeling? You know, is there any things that we're dealing with that maybe a particular activity would not be a good idea to, for? Yeah, one thing I've noticed you've, it seems like this started relatively recently, is we've got a bunch of guys into Scrabble. Yes. And you go down and you pull out. I do like, go down. The, the I've deluxe, lost almost every game I've played. <laughs> the deluxe Scrabble board that you yes. pull out, and it's, yes. it's a real event. Yeah, we we do. We have a, a kind of a Scrabble club, uh -huh. and um, and uh, it's it's fun. Um, we don't have as much time as I would like to, you know, to play a full game. We get close to it, but it gets a little crazy too because you get some guys that their whole goal is to beat me, and I never said I was a king of Scrabble. I just said I mm -hmm. love this game, and. Uh, I played it with, you know, the guys I used to work with were drug and alcohol addicts. We played every night, too, you know, and they were fantastic, you know. But um, Now, do you talk trash when you're playing Scrabble? 
I never talk trash. Well, that, so obviously that may, I wouldn't talk trash. Maybe you should try a little bit. You're different. talking trash right now about how you don't talk trash. <laughs> I think that that is is impressive. It's admirable that that you're able to take a bunch too. of teenagers, yeah, and go down and play a board game, and and that they look forward to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's weird because you know even when I was working with American Indian kids, I thought there's nothing they're not going to get into some of this stuff, and I found out yes they will. It's like something different for them, and like maybe they're not used to another adult enjoying the same thing that they do. We play Monopoly. Mm -hmm. we play play Scrabble and again those are two things I, there's two games I absolutely love chess once in a while yeah. um, and if they didn't enjoy it I wouldn't do it it would be you know yeah. glutton for punishment but well, what you said that rung a bell with me is uh, that you that you're paying attention to them right you're, you're listening to them you're you're taking you're giving them undivided attention yeah and it doesn't really matter what you're doing yeah I mean teenagers we know we need to do that when the kids are little, but when they get older, we sometimes forget that and we think, oh, they want their alone time or they want their space or they don't care what I think. And that's not that's not the case. They may give off that vibe all the mm -hmm. time, but when you do actually give them your undivided attention, which mm -hmm. is rarer and rarer in our society with our distraction with screens and, and work invading the home and not having those boundaries uh, here at the ranch where those boundaries are kind of built in and right. we don't... Have, Boys don't have phones. Staff, we have our phones on us, but you know we're we're pretty good about staying off them, and uh, and really giving those guys that attention. So it's to the point now where they're asking, "Are we going to do Scrabble?" Uh -huh. I'm like, "Yeah." I mean, right. you know, um, like you said, you wouldn't really expect teenagers, boys or girls, to want to do something like that. Mm -hmm. I, when I again going back to the American Indian kids days, I didn't think some of the things that I used to do as a house parent many years ago would go over with them. But I found out the kids are kids and. They do like to get, maybe they don't realize they're getting away from their screens, but when they do get away from them, or if the power's out or whatever, and storytelling's another thing. I mean, I've been telling stories since I was 14 years old, you know, Boy Scout camp, but these guys like that as well. And they beg me for some of that stuff. And it's like, wow, I just never believed it would go here, especially when you have that um, atmosphere. One of the things that you mentioned early on, too, was that when the boys come up, that you go over the whole night with them like you have your board out there mm -hmm. and you show them okay from six to eight we're doing this mm -hmm. from you know just kind of lay it out i think that's an important piece that is done because the expectations are laid out and yes the boys know basically what the night looks like and mm -hmm. we've learned in the 12 years of just all the boys we've worked with here and families that just how important it is for boys to kind of know what's expected of them and mm -hmm. also how the night's going to go or just mm -hmm. how the week, just all of that structure. When that structure break down, breaks down, it's like they become insecure. Like they, they get a little more anxious. And most of the boys uh, read that. Like And also from a staff standpoint, we've learned like when staff comes in and if they're not prepared and they haven't really figured out like uh, with a rec, if it comes in, say, hey, what are we doing for rec, Mr. Brown? And you're like, if you get to a spot where you're like, you know what? I haven't thought about it yet. Let me see. And if we start off the evening that way, man, it just spirals out. Of, it can spiral out of control really quickly. And so mm -hmm. I think that's a, an important element of, of just the structure and expectations and laying that out. That There's a lot of uh, benefit in letting our kids know that. I think kids want structure. I think they feel safer when, when um, they're structured. Now, they may not always like what they see on that board, 
initially. But then they go, okay, that's what we're doing. So we have to accept that. And uh, we also have something that would be less structured where we have an activity that'll say residence choice. That gives them a little bit of of, um, the feeling that we're we're, um, regarded, that we could come up with something we'd like to really do as long as weather's permitting. And weather is a huge factor in all of this because you have to have activities that are inside. We Like during the summer, we rarely do inside activities because they want to go out and play. We also have a night, which back when I was growing up, it would be called Cook's Choice, where she fixed the meal, which was always nightmarish about something that was usually left over Johnny Marzetti, which was awful. But anyway, um, the, so the, the the staff choice would wait, be... Wait a minute. What is Johnny Marzetti? No, it's horrible. It's just it's noodles with horrible tomato sauce. and gra- oh, okay. I can't believe we're discussing... Uh. <laughs> Lunch time or lunch menus back when I was well, growing up. You can't up. say something like Johnny Marzetti. Yeah, I didn't, like, you never yeah, heard so of Johnny like, Marzetti before? No, 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 is that a character? Oh my, in a movie it's also or? a no. Johnny Marzetti is an actual and Boy Scout camp. It's it's either I've, what do they call it Mulligan stew, or Johnny Marzetti. It's basically just goulash. Yeah, it's oh, not so good. It's just an Italian sounding name. It's a, that a cook a, that probably should have retired 80 years ago coming up with something that's like easy to leftover fix. Leftover casserole, basically. Yes, it's leftover stuff. They slosh it together and they call yeah. it a meal. We're talking about two things. I, I'm always interested in a topic that allows us to explore a, a contrast or, or find, a, find some type of middle ground like structure and freedom. Yeah, they should Teenagers have both. both. And the two of those contradict each other but if they work together in, uh, if they can like find some type of arrangement or partnership or agreement, yes, that's really the best way. So sometimes we get into these modes as parents where it's like all one or all the other, you know, and the classic argument that you see between an adult and a teenager is, well, give me more freedom and I'll be responsible. And the parent's like, well, be responsible and I'll give you more freedom. And we are constantly pulling. And if we can find that sweet spot where where the the child the teenager feels respected i'm letting you choose but i'm giving you these options you can't just choose anything um that's where we should aim as here at the ranch but also just in a, in a family just a normal functioning family well we put on you know people may say this is lazy but there are sometimes if you go out to the board right now there's a last night I had the words free time quite a bit and for guys that really just want to play their guitar or look at their football cards or whatever. That's important to them, I, very important to them. So they get a chance to just relax, be with themselves. Another guy might join them or whatever. But we, tr- and again, it's not just put there because I'm lazy. It's put there because this is something that matters to them and it will actually help the tone of the house. So if you have a guy that's, that's amped for whatever reason, and it wouldn't take much to set them off, if you say, well, you know what? After supper, you get it, that time's yours. Whatever you want to do, we call it free time. Then, then that actually helps their um, their mood a little bit, their demeanor a little bit, and, and so it works. Let's let's just take a few seconds and and because we get this question a lot from people inquiring about the ranch. It's like, what do you guys do in the evening? What are some programming things? What do they do? We mentioned Scrabble, football cards. You you threw out there. That's something that's been a kind of one of my hobbies that I've introduced to the boys. Baseball yeah. cards, sports cards. We have the sports course Scrabble built out here. We play. I mean, so like basketball, pickleball. Volleyball. Volleyball. And all of us play volleyball. Even I play volleyball with them because I love it. Yeah, you got hit in and the face the other day. No. Did someone spike it right into you? No, that was actually wor- working with drug addicts. When I broke my finger, <laughs> when I tried to drop, stop one. And Nobody was, makes me bleed my own blood. That's what Tom says. <laughs> no, it was, book. No, I, I, no, I don't think I've had any accidents out there, no, but the next day I wish else. I hadn't played. Yeah, maybe the boys were just... Uh, 
fibbing a little bit. It could be. Oh, I'm sorry. Did they? So usually the staff beats them. Yeah. So they're going to yeah. say whatever they have to say to right, make it look exactly. less. Salvage their dignity. So we, fishing, what else? Just uh, in, in, when the weather's nice, we go fishing. Disc golf. Hiking. You know, I mean, whatever hiking, we can. We usually it's stuff that's here. Now, a weekends. A bike trail that we're working on. Yeah. A four-mile bike trail. Disc golf's big de- big deal with them. To go out and practice the money hole, mm-hmm. which is what they, you know, when they're, you can explain that better than I can, how the money hole yep. works. But um, building models, yeah, we we do get models, um, puzzles. Uh, we had one boy that just loved Legos, and mm-hmm. again, it's not just always thrown at them. We they'll ask, "Can we do this?" And yeah, if you got the time, sure, yeah. no big deal. Um, we have a room that we call the the glass cage. Oh yeah, the glass cage. It it comes from the glass, glass cage, cage of emotion in. Uh, Anchorman? Anchorman. I feel like I'm in a glass cage of movies. He's always bringing uh, movies into the equation. That was my old office for years. Yep. I know. Some of your stuff's still there. Yeah. And some books up on the top shelf. But they keep all all of their stuff in there, their cards, their stuff they're working on that they don't want to get messed with. And and they'll ask, hey, can I get in the glass cage to get something? Yeah. Yeah. Games, stuff with games, lots of different games. Yeah. Risk, Monopoly, all mm-hmm. the basic ones, but then some new ones. We're constantly ordering new ones that will give them a challenge. And mm-hmm. or a new boy comes in, he's like, "Hey, our family plays this game. Can we order that?" And we order it. So or sometimes families send us that game. Mm-hmm. We've had some people give us four or five games, yep. brand new ones. They just go go on Amazon. They just send us the games. You've made you've made movies with guys, right? Like a well, <laughs> 15, 10, 15 minute movie. Well, the first that one took we did was 20, the whole summer was 20 minutes. Yeah. And uh, we may do that this summer. I'm still uh-huh. debating it, but we may. Because yeah. you have to have guys getting along. Because when I have that role, when I'm making a when I'm making a film, it's a different person than Mr. Brown. It's a guy that really wants to make this because we got you know we're really going to do this if you guys are going to commit to it, and I expect you guys to do it. But try to make it fun, and it's fun. They sure get they sure f- have fun when they get to watch it when it's completed, especially in front of yeah. people that you know. So yeah, sometimes they do uh, wood shop in yes. the evenings, depending on you know when staffing. our the staffing uh, timing and whatnot, and and I think in general. The idea with Whitestone from the beginning, too, was to really try to have a handful of different things that the boys can get exposed to that they haven't been exposed to before. Right. Um, that's different from playing on the computer or right. and looking and, um, at their Again, most of that is like media mm-hmm. uh, absent, um, just whether it's woodworking or some type of ag or, you know, obviously the cabin that we've talked about that we've worked on. I mean... Most boys have not built a log cabin. They've had experience most of the years with, with doing that here. So there's a lot of different things that we try to set up Whetstone to be on this big facility to introduce boys to that, you know, and work projects that maybe that they right. might find a little spark of interest in. Yeah. But I want to transition a little bit, Axel, to as we talk about just what we do here and get a glimpse of that and and how we set up the structure uh, in the evenings and, and just on a weekly basis here let's maybe focus on like parents as they're maybe feeling a little bit of anxiety with like oh man two weeks maybe some of their kids are already out for the summer and when you say working. parents you mean you with the six kids about like, to all come home yeah and as we're talking about roost, close quarters right? <laughs> uh definitely hits home so what Let's talk about that and maybe help some parents out out there, like how they can kind of tackle that issue and find some good, constructive, wholesome things for uh, for handling that. 
Yeah, this is we did a podcast back at the beginning of the school year called um, Back to School, I think it was what it was called. So this is kind of a, a bookend to that episode where it's a, it's a similar kind of feeling of anxiety mixed with excitement and fear and uh, uh, anticipation. We got this whole summer in front of us and what are we going to do as a family and what trips are we going to take and... Uh, and then you're also just like wanting to just catch your breath from the craziness of the end of the school year with ceremonies and graduations and tournaments and sports. And we see a lot, we'll sometimes see a spike in referrals to the ranch during these transition times when the stress really amps up and the little cracks, whatever cracks there are in the family really start to widen. So we wanted to, like you said, Brandon, give some tips about how to make it through this difficult kind of transition period and just survive it but also kind of set you up for the summer to have you know good times come up with some good a good plan yeah um boy i don't where i would start with this i think there's a healthy balance between downtime and structure structure is important as we talked about but also it's okay for our kids to be bored Hmm. you know it's I think we always think that we have to fill every waking moment with activities and sports and music and gymnastics and whatever else. All those things are great, but Laura and I just had this conversation. We went to Springfield last week and just on the way home, just kind of assessing last year and feeling a little bit uh, worn out with some of the activities and just like, what can we cut out? Like, what are some things that were maybe worth it that we want to do again next year and something that wasn't? worth it and where, where can we kind of find some more time and because at the end of the day when like again all those activities are great but when you come home exhausted and your kids are exhausted and they're kind of arguing at each other I mean it's not worth it you know it's just trying to get back to unity in the home when we want uh, when we start seeing our kids kind of being snippy at each other more it's kind of a red flag of like listen guys we're a family we're on the same team life is hard enough as it is with everything else being thrown at us we don't need to be arguing and infighting between us and so this sounds a lot like a speech you gave uh, the boys at the ranch the other day did you have like a little rehearsal at home or was that that a speech a rehearsal for the the one you're going to give at your house it was a speech that um we've talked about our kids about recently yeah and so it was fresh on my mind yeah and obviously it was apropos for (laughs) what was going on here and and that's we find ourselves whenever we find like our kids maybe being a little bit more anxious and antsy and and argumentative it 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 always kind of boils down to that it's like we've just been running and gunning and it's just like there's too much stimulus, too much stuff going on. Mm. So that is, um, try to minimize like filling every moment with like, cause like you said, you gotta, we want to get everything in. We don't have much time in the summer. I mean, two and a half, three months goes by so quick, Right. but it's okay to just be bored. And, well, and, and usually we see this at the ranch, Tom, you can comment on it. It, it happens in families. You, you have like one parent who's like, this happens with finances too. Dave Ramsey talks about how there's the nerd and then there's the free spirit, right? It, it's in parenting too. Like one parent's like, we got to plan the summer. We got to reserve the 
the hotel rooms. We've got to know the route. And other parents like, I'll just figure out as we go. We see that with staffing at the ranch. You have one staff that's like, I want everything organized. Oh, it's 5.30. We can transition to the next activity. And then you have the staff that's like, ah, we'll figure it out. You know, and, and these guys don't need that much pressure. They're already feeling so much pressure during the school day. So we need to kind of let up on them. How do you navigate that, Tom? Um. As a staff well, member. I'm a believer in consistency. Everybody knows that. I, I think one of the things in my career that I've seen um, derail a house is inconsistency because the kids will play them against each other. Like he says, I can do it. And if we're all on the same page. But I also agree. There are times when you have to be, I'm not like super rigid. I really am pretty flexible, I think. Um, maybe too much, you know. But um, I, think th- I think there are times when you just got to come together and maybe just a little bit of each. Maybe you can be loose sometimes, but other times you need to be firm. But I also understand, like, I get to this place where, like, after 5 o'clock here, the time is gone, it flies. We have three hours before bed prep pretty much starts, which is, like, medications. And we have a little house meeting maybe three times a week um, because it gives a kid's chance to unwind talk. Sometimes it'll go in the wrong direction, so we'll just end it real quick, give everybody snacks and get everybody ready for bed. But, um, uh for the most part, for the most part, we try to balance all these things out. And you were talking about kids being grouchy with each other and starting to pick at each other. When that starts happening, then it's starting. To, we have to think a little bit about. That's when we might have to adjust that schedule. We might have to relax a little bit and not be so, you know. Right. But I don't like the feeling like okay, bedtime is eight thirty, and I've got to make sure every single thing has got to be done by eight twenty nine. I don't like that at all. I, but yet, at the same time, we want to be as close as we can. So a lot of times we'll say, okay, fine, they're out playing to 825, so we go to bed at 838, whatever. That is not the end of the world. Now, if you're talking nine, when you're getting closer and closer to that guy coming in for night shift, then that's not good because they need to come into kids being quiet and asleep. So we try to think about what's coming around the corner, too. So I don't know if that answers your question, but um, I think there could be a healthy mix of both. I think it's unhealthy, though, if, if you're so stringent because of your own issues, you just have to have everything the same way. Mm-hmm. You're going to burn the house out. You're going to burn yourself out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. I forget if we've mentioned this term before, the hard, fast, flexible. It's so funny. Is that you what you were thinking that. about? I was thinking that exact yeah. thing. When I don't know if we it. just wrote about that in a blog or if we've actually mentioned it on the podcast, but it's a very helpful term for us around here when we come up against these conflicts, these dichotomies. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, there's not there's not an, an one answer to this. It's mm-hmm. like you have to have structure but you have to have flexibility. So bend don't break is another principle that you that you'll kind of employ when it comes to this. And on any given shift, I mean, you have to be ready to be creative, I mean, almost on the spot when certain situations arise. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a kid that's amped and you know it and maybe there you can see it coming some kind of a storm. Um We'd say, okay, I'd say to the direct care guys, want to take him down and play ping pong? I'm going to hang out with him. And literally, you're constantly doing things because you see what's coming around the corner. That's where the experience that I've had really helps me as well, and hopefully everyone else, is that when I see that coming, and I can see it coming, it's just something you can almost sense. You know, you can sense when kids are up to something because you've been doing it for so long, you can just like, okay, I know what's going on, so I need to start de-escalating this right now. So then you might separate the group a little bit. So the schedule is not that important anymore. What's important is that everybody is safe, stays safe, and 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 um, we get our house stable. And it works nine out of ten times where, where if you see it coming and start adjusting it right away. So again, it, it, if you're having a loose night and everything's like, everybody's having a blast, then let's just have fun with this night. And that's some of the stuff that, I love it. We were talking about 
uh, structure, there are times when the boys will just sit around in the living room and they'll just sit there for like 10 minutes and they're waiting for someone to come in and say, hey, do you want to play this game? We're just playing a simple game. You know, they enjoy that as well. And maybe, and maybe you were talking about being bored. I'm not, I was going to ask you, Brandon, so when you, you said that boredom is okay, so then what do you recommend that um, parents or any of us, including me, what do we do when kids say, I'm bored? And it's easy to say, find something to do. When I was growing up, we found something to do. We didn't have technology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had my dog and whatever in my room. I had a record player. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I wasn't too bored. <laughs> but um, I didn't gravitate towards that stuff back then. I would usually be outside. Yeah. I, I was an outside person when I was younger. So Yeah, a couple things on that. I think, um, for one, as parents, like, don't get... You don't have to feel anxious about your kids, you know, when they say, I'm bored. I think we have this innate desire to, like, just jump on that. It's just like, uh, we want to make sure our kids are okay, and we want to make sure they're happy. And it's like, I'm bored, and I'm hungry. And it's just like our natural bent is just to, like, you know, cater to their needs. And it's like, you know what? You just ate 30 minutes ago. You're not going to starve. But you give them options, too, as far as the boredom. You know, it's just like, hey, we're not watching a movie. You're not playing a video game or whatever. You can either go outside. You can play with Legos. You can draw. You can do these things. And we found out that a lot of times, or just noticed with our own kids, that they kids are very creative Mm -hmm. if we let them have the space to be creative. And a lot of times, especially, you know, again, we have six kids and we have kids that pair up with each other and and play well together right now. Anna and Truman are playing really well together and they'll go kind of do their thing. And so it's just one being okay. Um, Again, going back and looking at just giving parents a little bit of something as they're going into summer. If your kid's a teenager, it's always good to have some work, figure out what chores around the house need to be done or figure out what, you know, little side jobs they can do to learn a skill. Um, so a good mix of, of work and, and play, things they can do on their own. And then also figure out, you know, what things are you going to be doing together as a family? And for us, we have to also figure out those one-on-one times with each of your kids so, and if you don't get to all of it, like, don't beat yourself up about it. Yeah. It's just do what you can do with the time you have, but you, but be intentional, you mm-hmm. know. Don't get so wrapped up in the, all the big family excursions that you see everybody on Facebook, you know, going to these ex- exotic locations and doing this and that. Just, if you can just go to the park and go hang out on the slide in a swing with your kids, like, that's what it's all about. So. Yeah, we have in our family, um, our, we have a spot that we go to on the river. Blue Springs is kind of our spot. Yeah. And that's kind of our go-to on Sunday afternoons is just to pack up a few floating devices, you know, a blanket, some summer sausage, and just go out there and just lay on lay on the, the shore and jump in the springs. And So that's kind of a, by default something that we'll do, which is helpful when you're trying to say, well, what are we going to do? And, and everyone wants to do something different. That's kind of a tradition that we have in the summer. Like here, um, we also want to make sure we know the guys. So, like, I'll give you an example. I hear I'm bored a lot. So, if I know that guy, I'm going, you like to draw. 
yeah, I don't need paper. Well, I guess what? I've got paper. I ordered it. And I've got colored pencils. And that kid will then, five minutes later, be with his paper and stuff, and he's handling his own boredom. And the hope is that, that the next time he's bored, he go, hey, you got any more paper? They're going to kind of put them, you know, and, and I agree with that. I think there are times, especially when, you ha when you're not a supervisor, if you're a direct care guy, or in places I've been um, where you are underneath other people, you feel like you're under the magnifying glass. So that's when you get stressed that I'm not getting things done in time. I am worried about that kid being bored. I am. You really do yourself a disservice if you think like that because you're going to burn out. You're going to try so hard, but who are you really pleasing? You're a supervisor or are you trying to please your kid or are you just trying to live with yourself that you did the best you could? And I think that's the answer. You did the best you could, you know, and, and live with that instead of having to please everyone. So I, I agree with that, yeah. Brandon, when you said I think boredom. it sends a message, too, that it's like it's not, everything is not all about you. I think our kids experience that a lot. We've talked about parents or dads being, or moms wanting to be friends with their kids. And it's like everything is catered towards them and the helicopter parent, we want to save them from everything. So I think the message of just saying, hey, it's okay to be bored, or like, hey, mom, I'm bored. Hey, dad, I'm bored. It's like, I, I hear you, but I'm not doing anything about it, you know, so go figure it out. Yeah. And it just sends the message of like, look, life's not all about you. I've got some other things going on. It's not that I'm neglecting you. It's just, it creates space for them to be creative, really. And, and so that's, that's what we found is just, there's a couple of messages in that that, uh, that they catch that are beneficial. They will ask us, like, if they're bored, and they'll say, um, we'll say, why don't, you guys, why don't you guys go play a game? Would you play a game with us? Okay, if you've got the ability to do that as, an, as a supervisor, you don't always have that, but you've got other guys working with them that do have that ability, and we have guys that say, oh, I'll take you out, I'll take you out fishing for 10 minutes because you know the, the evening's almost over, but I'll be willing to do that. I don't know if that's countering what you're saying, but it is a relational thing. Um, and again, I think there's both kinds of things you can do. You can do something with them or you can teach them to do things on their own. Because, I mean, you, most teenagers have access to everything to not be bored. But the problem is they have access to stuff that's not always helping them either. Mm -hmm. You know, the Internet and stuff, as much as I'm into technology and stuff, if I was a parent, I would be limiting the amount of time my kid was on that internet. I would yeah, know what they're too on. Easy. I, I would know idle, what they're looking idle, at. Idle hands are the devil's work. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, to kind of sum this up, I think what I'm what I'm hearing that maybe is the takeaway if you're a parent or a teacher or a counselor working with a young person is you have to have that balance of structure and and um, and freedom, right? Um, and we all have strengths and weaknesses. I think you have to know what yours are. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be successful in this profession, it's, it's about knowing your weaknesses as much as it is about knowing your strengths. So I tend to over plan as a teacher and try to be a little too systematic in my approach. And so I, I have to know when I'm gearing more in that direction. And I need Brandon and Thomas to come and tell me, hey, you're being a little, little extra here. Lima, you need to you need to back it off, rigid. dial it down a notch. Back it off a you little. Know, if you want. Yeah, uh, other people may have the opposite problem of being too loosey goosey, and and whoever is in charge of managing the rules around here, Kurt or whatever, it might have to come to that person. And say, hey, you know we have a rule; they're not supposed to go in the glass cage and yes. get whatever they want. We had that conversation this morning in the sure staff did. meeting. Yeah, we that rule exists for a reason. You need to make sure that you you abide by that rule. Right. And so, with your coworkers, with your spouse, 
with your kids, work out where that sweet spot is. And it's going to be different for every family, but don't freak out that you're having a disagreement about those things. Use the disagreement and the friction as an opportunity to communicate and to move forward and to learn something about how you function as a family. So don't freak out if, if you get in these moments when the kids are coming home and you don't know where that spot is. Take a deep breath. Well, Tom also said get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Right? He mentioned like a lot of times I got to get out of my comfort zone and he, uh, he wore a cowboy hat. Uh -huh. So kind of as we wrap up, I would like to just say, you know, sometimes we got to cowboy up and get out of our comfort zone and engage in some activities mm -hmm. with our kids that we're not really hip on. We maybe don't like Scrabble, right. but our kids really do. Or maybe we don't like, you know, charades or whatever the game is. Or um, you may have to de-cowboy so. up or cowboy down <laughs> and, and actually play Minecraft with your kids or something. I've, I've been telling my kids, yeah, hey, I'm going to... Show me about this Minecraft thing. Minecraft. Uh, yeah, I'll yeah. mine something and see, see what this is all about. So you got to kind of like find that find that area and, uh, so and live don't together. Do, don't do Pokemon Go. I don't advise that. <laughs> we're, we're, we can't go down. That's where you we draw. We can't go that. That, I draw That's where you draw. You've got to have I your own line, Brandon. We all have to have our lines. We don't that's play Twister fine. here. That's fine. Uh, oh, no, no, no. No, yep. unless you're wearing a cowboy. Every family is unique. Every family is special. Every organization, every school. Spurs. they got to figure it out. Well, thanks for joining us, um, Sharpeners. Thanks for listening on this conversation. We hope this is helpful to you and that uh, you're, you can be successful in this transition period. We'll be praying for you. And, uh, and Cowboy Tom the Cat, man, we appreciate you coming in. And, mm -hmm. uh, they probably don't share your words what you mean by cat, man. Of, They're probably thinking. No, they do because we've furry. talked about uh, your cats. Your production company, Bad Kitty. Well, okay. Fair enough. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us on this uh, journey, on this discussion. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next time on A Time to Sharpen. All right. Enjoyed it. Bye. Whetstone Boys Ranch is a therapeutic boarding school located in the scenic Ozarks of Southern Missouri. It was founded in 2011 to serve families from around the country who are struggling with challenging behaviors from their 12 to 16 year old sons. Our mission is to sharpen the character of young men. Please visit whetstoneboysranch.com if you want to learn more about our program or about how to contact us for help. Thanks for listening and we hope to catch you next time on A Time to Sharpen.